join me as we pray together. Father, we're grateful for this time that we have together today. Thank you for that beautiful promise that we are gathered here to worship, worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for your presence with us today. And we, um, we honor you today in our worship. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We are so glad you have joined us for worship again today. And that's why we're here, to worship him in spirit and in truth and give him all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. And we're glad you've chosen to worship with us today. Those of you who are guests, we welcome you. And we invite you to go to the Welcome Center after the service and pick up a gift that we have for you. Uh, there's a bag at the, end of the, at the end of the Welcome Center. It has the gift in it. And we just are so grateful that you chose to be here today. Thank you. And if we can do anything or answer any questions for you, we'll be happy. Any of us would be happy to do that. So and we're glad all of you are here. And we pray you feel God's presence as we worship him today. And part of our worship is greeting one another. So why don't you stand and greet one another as we enter into this time. They will join together in singing. We welcome those who have joined us by live stream as well. Now you join as we sing together, Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord.
God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You join as we continue to worship together.
was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time sin separated the breach was far too wide but from the far side of the chasm you held me in your sight so you She 
Thank you all, powerful, beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today and allowing the presence of the Lord to be in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. Thank you so much for coming. This is a special day. First, it's special because this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Are you glad to be in God's house today? Amen. But this is also a very special day that we're honoring and recognizing a very special person. It has been my privilege and my joy to have known Henry Davis for many, many years. As a matter of fact, I had the opportunity of playing basketball against his son, Tim, for many years in the league. Henry would come to the games. Tim and I would trade elbows on the court and run up and down the court and and I would see uh, Henry about any uh, sporting event around town, whether it's basketball or football, either one of the members of the Davis family were playing or they were there to cheer on the local schools and teams. But many of you saw the Instagram or the Facebook post that went out that Henry Davis, after many, many years of faithful service to the Lord and his church, is retiring. And uh, Henry, as some of you all know Henry, has been uh, working in churches and businesses all over Frankfurt for many, many years. Served in one church, I think over 40 years. Served in another church for over 30 years. Uh, while working this church, over 15 years, was also working at another church while he was working at this church. Through the years, I've grown to love and appreciate Henry. I'm going to miss Henry those Monday morning talks as we would dissect each UK basketball or football game. <laughs> Coach Stoops nor Coach Calipari ever asked for our advice, but had they, they would be undefeated every season. Because <laughs> Henry and I had it figured out of what the problem was and what they needed to do. But if you've ever been around Henry for any amount of time, it doesn't take long for you to receive that contagious smile and that jovial laugh and that sweet spirit and a willingness to stop and talk if you have the time. Henry, words cannot adequately express our gratitude for your time here at the Forks. I'm so thankful that you're joined today by your beautiful wife, Sandra, and some of your family. And at this time, I'm going to invite you all to stand so we can show our love and appreciation to you all, if you don't mind. 
But not only has Henry done a great job here working, but what I've loved most of all is that Henry is a Christian. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. And he's always been very open about his faith. And we have talked about many spiritual matters and the difficult time of getting through COVID and how it played its uh, devastating effect on so many. Henry, even though in his time here, has lost many family members. Come on in. Come on in, guys. Kelly, thanks for moving over. <laughs> hey, guys, welcome. Henry, in his time of working here, uh, lost his mother-in-law and also lost two children. And I saw how uh, heartbreaking it was to him, but even through it all, he kept his faith in Jesus Christ and kept his eyes fixed upon the Lord, and we we're so grateful for that, Henry. And today, Henry, as we wanted to do something special for you, again, nothing seems to be adequate. Uh, Henry is 87 years young, and uh, just now... I told him when he said this was it, he was I said, you have earned your rest. You deserve a rest. But just as a small token of our love and appreciation, Henry, and I'm going to ask you, Henry, if you would come up and join me on the platform. I know you've been up and down these steps many times. Henry not only would do everything that was needed in this church, but many times moving this heavy pulpit and furniture after a wedding or after a special program, many times by himself. And sometimes he would have family member. But Henry, on behalf of Governor Bashir and the Commonwealth of Kentucky, you are commissioned today a Kentucky colonel. And so we are so, so thankful for you. We'll get a picture here. <laughs> and also, there is a gift, a, a, a monetary expression of our love and appreciation for you and your years of service to the Lord in this church. But please know that you always have a home away from home at this church, and we love you and your family, and what an honor it has been to serve alongside you. So congratulations, Henry. Appreciate Bless it. you so much. If there's anything you want to say, you're welcome to. Uh, this church has been a blessing to me. Uh, give me plenty of time to come in and pray and meditate and just kind of keep my life together, keep the close to God. And uh, first, I want to thank my family for coming out, being Amen. admitted uh, today. And uh, but uh, and I made so many friends around there because a lot of them I knew before uh, I come here and all. But uh, just being here, I met so many different wonderful people and all, and that I've learned to talk with, and some coming through and going and all and. Uh, I've, I've just enjoyed it so much, and, and then when I t took over this church, I mean, it's just a, 
such a beautiful church and all, and I just wanted to keep everything straight. I wanted to look nice for you all to come in and uh, worship God Amen. and all. And uh, a lot of times uh, I'd vacuum this floor and uh, somebody would come in. Sometimes it made me mad. I said, <laughs> come here, walking over my floor and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, but uh, Brother Bill here, I, I spent a lot of time talking with him a lot and I enjoyed it so much. And, but Todd here, me and him would get together and talk about Kentucky and the uh, basketball and football and uh, we'd solve all the problems. That's right. And so, but I got to thinking that a couple of days ago, we, we must have done pretty good because we sent Juan Dale to get drafted. That's right. That's right. Bless you. Amen. I think we could just say amen and go home after that. I see some of you already racing for the door right now. Henry, again, thank you so much. We love and appreciate you and your family for being here today. And every week there's an opportunity for us to come to this altar and pray if you feel led by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us are without pain or worry or fear or problems, addictions, depression, anxiety, loneliness, fear, uncertainty about what tomorrow holds. But we know who promises to hold our hand and to walk with us when we are uncertain. And if you're here this morning, or even if you're watching on Facebook Live or YouTube, and you can pray wherever you are, I'm going to invite you to join me. If you feel led to come, you can kneel, you can stand, you can place an arm of encouragement around someone, but however the Holy Spirit leads, I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Come pray with me if you would. pray together. God, how great it is to worship with brothers and sisters in Christ, to humbly bow before an awesome and mighty God. Father, thank you for your mercy and for your grace. Thank you for your promise always to be with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. You're with us always, even until the end of the age. Father, we are so grateful for your presence. We are grateful for your power and your, again, your grace, your salvation, and your love. Father, we're grateful for Henry today and ask a special blessing upon he and his wife and his family that they would, Father, be blessed with good health and strength and Lord, that they would be able to continue to enjoy being with their family and friends. And God, we give you praise for his faithful service in this place and to you. Bless them. 
in a special way with the double portion of your strength and spirit. Father, I pray for others gathered at this altar and people praying from their seats and people praying from their homes or in other states, wherever they may be. I pray, God, you would meet them right where they are in their grief, in their suffering, in their pain, in their confusion, in their depression, in their addiction, in their lostness, in their guilt, in their sin. Oh, God, touch them as only you can. And I pray, God, today that if there are those here suffering the loss of a loved one, and I pray, God, for the family of Margie Steinberg and her family, that you would comfort them, Father, in the loss of Margie. And, Father, I pray for others who are grieving today and hurting. Wrap your loving arms around them. I continue to pray for Melinda Jones and Kathy Hensley and the loss of their loved one, Tony. Bless them, I pray. And Father, we just pray today for so many names on our prayer list that need your healing touch. We know the doctors do a wonderful job, but God, we know you are the great healer and the great physician, and all things are possible for those who believe. We believe in your power. Heal them if it be your will that you would be glorified in and through it. Father, I pray today for revival and spiritual awakening in our in our nation and in our world. I pray that there would be a great harvest of souls that would come to know Jesus while there is time and that we would be prepared for your second coming because we believe the time is drawing nigh and near. Father, I pray that you would forgive us of any sin that would hinder our prayer today and our worship. Give us a pure heart so that we can see you Give us an open heart that we can receive you. Give us the changed heart so we can glorify you. And Father, we just love you and we praise you and ask now that your Holy Spirit would continue to flow through this service, sing and play through our musicians, speak through your servant and your word, and we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And as you're doing this, I'm grateful that Bill and our choir and our instrumentalists will be coming to lead us after the reading of God's Word. Thank you all for being here today and singing for us. We'll begin reading of verse 10 of Philippians chapter 4. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. 
I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you all for leading so beautifully. And again, thank you all for being here this morning on this beautiful day. Every week I like to start with a little humor to get you ready to hear more important things. Maybe you heard the story about the, the gentleman that came home and he was reclining back in his chair and out of nowhere his wife comes with the frying pan and just swacks him over the head, just smacks him hard and he goes, oh, what, what are you doing? What in the world are you doing? And there in her hand was a piece of paper with the name Betty Sue on it. Said, I want to know who Betty Sue is. And he said, honey, don't you remember that just a few days ago I went over to the horse track to the races and that was the name of the horse that I was betting on, Betty Sue. And she said, honey, I am so sorry. I, forgive me. I let my emotions and doubt forgive me for that. He goes, I guess I forgive you. Well, about three days later, he was back in that same recliner watching TV and just enjoying his evening. His wife comes back in once again with the front, bam, and just now he goes, what? What, you, what is that for? She said, your horse called. <laughs> I thought that was appropriate with the Derby coming up <laughs> this week. Betty Sue. Oh, my. You know... I read a recent Gallup poll that said that 65% of Americans are satisfied with their work. Now, I thought that was a pretty high percentage, but I wondered if it was because a lot of them have been working from home these last two years. But then it was interesting that only 20% were passionate about their work. 65% were satisfied, but only 20% were passionate. Then I saw a, a Barna research uh, survey, which was troubling, that said 38% of senior pastors have thought about quitting this past year. 38% of senior pastors have thought about quitting their job as pastor this last year. You know, there seems to be a root of dissatisfaction that nothing in this world can satisfy. You know, there are so many people at times that think that material things satisfy or earthly things satisfy. And so many times people, when they find out that a bigger house or a better job or more money or a different spouse or a new car or success when they find out that these things don't satisfy, that's when they turn to drugs or alcohol or immorality or they turn to meaningless entertainment. They're trying to fill a void that cannot be filled with the things of this earth. But there is something or rather someone who can satisfy and that person is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that can come in and exceed our expectations. He can fulfill our needs. 
and he certainly can give us our eternal desires more than anything else that this world can offer. In our scripture today, we see the Apostle Paul writing from prison. And uh, Paul was not in that Mamertime dungeon that we looked at last week in 2 Timothy. He was in his own rented house in Rome, chained to a guard like a common criminal because of his faith and message of Christ. And why was Paul writing the church at Philippi? He was writing, first of all, to thank them for a gift that they had given him after hearing the news that he was being detained in Rome. He also wrote to these young believers by saying, look, you need to stand firm in the face of persecution, and you need to learn to rejoice regardless of the circumstance. That's pretty good advice, isn't it? Stand firm in the face of persecution and rejoice regardless of the circumstance. And I'd be willing to say some of you all are here today and you've been dissatisfied. You've not been satisfied at home. You've not been satisfied at work. You've not been satisfied at school. You've not been satisfied on the team. You've not been satisfied at church or in your relationship with God. As I already said, there are so many people that try to fill that void with earthly things or material possessions that only Christ can fill. But you know why else I think people are dissatisfied? Because they don't like themselves. And so many times people, when they don't like themselves, become critical of others. And they try to put down other people to make them feel better about themselves. We sometimes are jealous of what other people have. And we get upset when we are not able to have what they have. And so many times we become dissatisfied. I don't know what's going on in your life right now, and you can fake some people out, but we can't fake God out. He knows what's going on in the depths of our heart and in our mind, in the depths of our soul. And maybe you're here today and you've been looking for satisfaction. You know, I, I've shared before in a sermon years ago you know, Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones back in 1965. That was one year before I was born, for those of you all trying to do the math. <laughs> but they had a number one song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. And I tried, and I tried, and I tried, I can't get no. And so many people can never feel satisfaction. So today, through this passage of Scripture, I believe Paul gives us some ways that if you've been dissatisfied, maybe you've been thinking about leaving your spouse or, or doing something that maybe you're not thinking rationally or clearly. Today, I pray that through this text, we will learn how to be satisfied. First thing we learn is that we are to have a concern for people. In verse 10, Paul said, I rejoiced greatly that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you did not have the opportunity to show it. You see, Paul was concerned for the church at Philippi and the persecution they were going through. The Philippians were concerned for Paul, and they had already given him a gift in 
previous times. And yet, once again, they are sending him a gift after learning of his imprisonment there in Rome. And yet, Paul said, look, I'm I'm wanting to tell you, I know that you have been concerned for me, and you would have shown it had you had opportunity. Probably he was referring to that they didn't either, one, know where he was in prison, two, they couldn't find anyone to be a messenger to take him the gift. But yet there was a mutual, it wasn't all about Paul. It wasn't all about the Philippians. They were concerned one for the other. Don't you think as followers of Christ, we are to have a concern one for the other? In 1 John 4.19, it says, We love because he first loved us. And in verse 20 of 1 John chapter 4, it says, If we claim to love God but yet hate our brother or sister, we are a liar. So we can't say we love God if we hate people. And if we, we actually should show love, we should show concern, we should care for one another. In 1 Peter 5, 7, Peter said, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And we are to care for one another. Some of y'all maybe remember me sharing years ago when I was growing up and going through school. My family, we lived in Indian Hills in Frankfurt. And I would walk over to the high school and I would dribble my basketball around the neighborhood with my little blinders on where you couldn't look down at the ball. And And my brother Tim and I would go over many times to East Frankfurt Park to play basketball. Some of y'all remember where that was, and they took out the two full-court basketball courts to add a small tennis court. Well, I grew up, my brother and I, I used to dribble my basketball from my street in Indian Hills over to East Frankfurt Park and shoot till dark and then dribble back home. Young people, that's dedication. (laughs) That's for the love of the game. But I remember one Friday afternoon, I had gone over to East Frankfurt Park, and there was a guy there shooting basketball on one of the goes. I'd never met him before, never seen him before. And we struck up a conversation. We shot some ball. and, And at the end, when we were getting ready to quit, I said, man, what are you doing this weekend? What are you going to do tonight? It was a Friday. He goes, I'm gonna, he goes, I imagine I'm going to do what I do about every Friday night. I said, what's that? He goes, I'm going to go buy a six-pack of beer, and I'm going to go drive an Alpete's meal. I said, well, man, that's a good way to get yourself killed. And after all these years, I've never forgotten what he said to me. He said, so what if I do? Nobody cares. And I remember as a young man, That broke my heart. He was this young, strong, athletic guy. And he said, if I were to go driving out there and die, no one cares. And I remember I said, I would. I would care. We struck up a friendship, and I would invite him to eventually come to church. And we would continue to meet at the park to play ball. He would play on our church basketball team. 
And I praise God that he would eventually accept Jesus Christ into his heart and be baptized. It broke my heart when just a couple of years ago, I saw in the news that he had passed away. But all I could think about was that Friday late afternoon at East Frankfort Park, that if I had not taken the time to share with him and invite him to church, introduce him to Jesus, he may not be in heaven today. And, you know, if we would just take the time to show that we care about people, and the church of Philippi cared about Paul, and he cared deeply about them. Think about it. When he's writing this, he is chained to a Roman guard. But yet he's writing to encourage and to, to say, I care. And then he would say in verse 11, not only are we to have a concern for people, but the way we can find satisfaction is being content in every circumstance. By being content in every circumstance. He said in verse 11, I'm not saying these things because I am in need. I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. And then he would go on to say, I know what it means to be in need, and I know what it means to have plenty. He said, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance, whether well-fed or hungry or living in plenty or want. Do you get this? He had learned to be content. It wasn't a gift that was just given to him. He had to learn. Don't we have to learn to be content today? It just doesn't happen. We're just all of a sudden, we're content and walk around with our little smile, we're content. So many people need to learn to be content, whatever the circumstance. And I know some of y'all are here, if I were to poll the audience and I were to go around and ask you what's going on in your life right now, some of us would be shocked at what's going on in your life. The pain you're enduring, the marital problems, the struggles that you're going through. So many people today are not satisfied. They are not content with their lot in life. And it's heartbreaking, especially when there are Christians that are not contented. When there are Christians that are trying to fill that void with everything but the only one who can really bring fulfillment and contentment in our lives. I want to challenge you today to learn to be content, whatever you may not love your job. You may not be one of those 65% that say, I am satisfied. You might be one of the 20% that say, I'm just not passionate about my wife. I'm grateful to have a job, but I'm just not passionate about I hope and pray you would learn to be content. Pastor author Chuck Swindoll, in one of his books that he wrote years ago to laugh again, said there are two kinds of people. He said, there are some people that are thermometers. He said, these are the people that will register to whatever's around them. said, some people that are thermometers, if it is a tight and pressured situation, they register tension and irritability. 
He said, some people, if it's stormy, then they register worry and fear. Others say if they register calmness and being comfortable and, and calm, then they register relaxation and peacefulness. But then he said, but then there are some people that are thermostats. People that are thermostats, they regulate the atmosphere. They are the mature change agents that are never dictated by the situation that they're in. I think Severe Wheeler, the point guard at Kentucky, actually said that I'm a thermostat. I set the tone. I'm the one that, that sets the atmosphere. But I have to tell you, Henry, you're a thermostat. Henry, when he would come into the room, would set the atmosphere by his smile and his laughter. And Henry, I don't know if you remember telling me this. Henry told me one day in my office, he'd come into my office early in the morning. We talked there. We talked in here. We talked back in the, in the foyer. I remember, Henry, you telling me one time that you had been working since you were 15, always trying to provide for his family. And you know what Henry said to me? That I've, and I said to myself, that's a sermon that we'll preach. He said, Todd, I've always enjoyed every job I've ever had. And then he said, I am a blessed man. I have been so blessed. That's contentment. To say, I've always enjoyed every job. How many of us can say that? I have hated every job I've ever had. Gosh, oh, we need some more thermostats to set the atmosphere, to not adapt to whatever's going on, but to say, I'm a change agent for Jesus Christ, and I'm going to let his love and light shine from my heart and shine from my life. I have learned the secret, he said of being content in any and every circumstance. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And here's the secret, he said, to being content. I can do, verse 13, I can do everything or all things through him who gives me strength. Lastly, it would be confidence in Christ is how you can be satisfied Confident in Christ. You know, Paul had learned that the power that sustained him and strengthened him through imprisonment and beatings and, and all the things he had gone through was the supernatural strength of the Spirit of God that dwelled inside of him. I've told you repeatedly, once we give our hearts and lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in us and gives us the strength to do things we could not do on our own. That's why he said, I can do all things, everything through him who gives me strength. He did not say, I can do all things through drugs. I can do all things through alcohol. I can do all things through 
success. I can do all things through work. I can do all things through politics. I can do all things through friends. I can do all things through education. He said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And my prayer is today that we would claim that in our lives, that we would be confident to claim that. I think about what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 4.16. Now let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And I have to tell you, really the key for finding satisfaction in our lives is gratitude to God. That's the ultimate key of finding satisfaction So many people are ungrateful for what they do have. So many people are always wanting more, thinking if I just get more money or more power or more popularity. You know, children, if you think if you need the latest iPhone or the latest video game or or the latest electronic device, that's not going to satisfy. Teenager, if you say, if if I can just be more popular, have have more cool friends, or if I can get a car, or if I can get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or if I can have athletic accomplishment, I'm going to be satisfied. That won't satisfy either. You're always going to be empty until you allow Jesus to fill that void and to be grateful. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To give thanks in all circumstances, no matter your situation. I guarantee you some of you are here today and you've never allowed Jesus Christ to come in and sit on the throne of your heart and life. What are you waiting for? If you're waiting until you get your life together, get cleaned up, or have your wild uh, season or whatever, then you're going to never be ready. That's why we come to him just as we are right now. And we all are sinners saved by God's grace. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For anyone and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you believe that? I do. Anyone, no matter how good you've been or how bad you've been or, or how jaded or how uh, prideful, whatever you've been, God loves you and he'll forgive you. And all you got to do is call on his name. No, he will satisfy. That's a promise. He will satisfy like no one or nothing else can. And I remember my dad was bivocational. My dad was a school principal and a minister of music. My mom was a school teacher and a church pianist. The whole time my brothers and I were growing up, we were either at school or at church all the time. 
in the summer, my brothers and I would play basketball in the gym. You know, I played my brother Tim one-on-one, one-on-one, full court in the gym. I remember being at church, you know, parents, if you love your children, you're going to bring them to church whether they want to come or not. We went to church whether we wanted to or not. And when I started getting older, I wanted to go because I knew it was very important to me. And I remember like it was yesterday and my dad leading us in a congregational hymn that my mom was playing on the piano. And, and, and some of y'all may remember this old hymn we used to sing in church. I am satisfied. I am satisfied. I am satisfied with Jesus. But the question comes to me as I think of Calvary. Is my master satisfied with me? May we pray. Father, I've disappointed you many times. We all have. But yet, you being the loving father that you are, you run to meet us, you kiss us, you throw your arms around us, you put a ring on our finger, sandals on our feet, and give us the best robe. And you say, this child of mine was lost, but now is found. They were blind, but now they see. And we have basked in your glory and your beauty. And Father, there are people here today that have never taken that first step of coming home to you. Lord, I pray today that someone would come today, be confident enough, bold enough to come give their heart and life fully surrendered to Jesus. And Lord, it would be my greatest honor to pray with them and begin this journey of faith. Father, there are some Christians that have gotten off track and, and they've become like the rest of the world. Father, we hear repeatedly in your word that we are strangers, foreigners, aliens, pilgrims just passing through. This isn't home. We are on our journey home. Help us, O oh God, today to renew our vow of commitment and to be the men and women, the young people that you're calling us to be, an agent of change in the world in which we live. Raise up some thermostats today. Or Father, maybe there's some folks looking for a church family. This is a wonderful church, not a perfect church. And as I say almost weekly, I'm not a perfect pastor, but we serve a perfect guide. And if we keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, there's no fault in him. And Lord, I pray some new family members would come into this family today. Father, we love you, we praise you, and I pray that, Lord, you would be satisfied with me and with us this day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to invite you at this time, if you're in this place, to stand, and we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. If you're watching and you would like to have prayer, contact the office, it'd be our privilege to 
pray with you about your decision. But won't you come as we sing together, Jesus Calls Us. And I want to thank you so much for worshiping with us today. What a great day it has been. I failed to say when I was making a presentation, I want to say some very special thank yous to Missy Mills. Thank you, Missy, for helping us make this a uh, reality and getting the Kentucky Colonel uh, through the governor's office. Thank you so much. I want to say a special thank you to Terry Allen who did the beautiful framework, uh, who made it happen all very quickly. Appreciate T.A. for doing that and Missy. And again, I'm going to invite Henry, would you mind, and, and your wife, Sandra, would you all join me out in the foyer so people can just come by and show. I think there have been a, over 100 posts on Facebook. Congratulations. There's a basket of cards out there. Again, we appreciate you, Henry and love you, and I look forward to seeing you around town, and you can come out any Monday morning during basketball or football season, and we'll get everything straightened out. So, family, it's great to have you all today. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God. Please be a part of all the opportunities throughout the week. Hope you have an awesome week. God bless you as we sing a closing song. loving us first, and I pray that we would go from this place loving you and loving others and being a change agent in a world that's so unsatisfied and dissatisfied. May we point them to our true satisfaction in Christ. 
In his name we pray. Amen.